Boy, are we having fun. <laughs> my, my, my. Well, I'm delighted to be here this morning, and uh, uh, we've enjoyed worshiping with you in these services last evening and early this morning, and I'm just so ha- happy to be here along with my family, my wife, Mary Coleman, and I want you to stand, Mary, and daughter Megan is right here, and I think I have my other daughter and her family are in the back, I think. Uh, Joel, are you there? And her family, somewhere here, praise God, and we're happy to be here uh, to worship with you today. I want to thank the uh, ministerial staff here at Woodland Hills and you, the congregation, for inviting us to come and to share uh, in uh, in this worship uh, service. It's a joy knowing uh, a number of your pastors, uh, some of them we've just gotten to know recently, but uh, we're just so blessed to be in relationship with, with great people. We first uh, became really acquainted with Woodland Hills through uh, Pastor Peggy Riley, uh, one of our dear friends and uh, dear saint and dear soul. Uh, Talked talk with us about this wonderful ministry over here that we kind of heard about, but uh, through Peggy we were able to really establish a meaningful relationship. Thank you, Peggy, and God bless you. Uh, praise the Lord. We're excited about what God is doing. Uh, Pastor Chuck Fenrick and I are working on a number of other things uh, throughout the Twin Cities uh, through my office as Chief Operating Officer of Kingdom Oil. Some of you may know Kingdom Oil is a uh, new public charity established in the Twin Cities. Uh, it's a public charity and, and ministry that seeks to help the members of the body of Christ to be released into the ministries that God has called them to. We believe, according to the scripture, 1 Corinthians 12 and others, that um, uh, every one of us has a vital part to play in the body of Christ. And the body is not complete until we all are doing and free to do what we're called to do. And, and God is not a respected person as we are. Uh, God honors each and every one and blesses each and every one, knows each of us by name, and desires each of us to be free. Historically and traditionally in the, in the body of Christ, we've been divided along many lines. Of course, denominational lines, uh, racial lines. Uh, we still are divided in so many ways. But within, the, within a congregation, there are also many divisions. And within the way we do ministry, where we divide clergy from laity. And we have all kinds of things that we impose upon ourselves that restrict us and to keep us from really, really functioning uh, as, as, a, as the body. Uh, we've kind of fixed it where we esteem uh, some people more highly than we do others, and that wouldn't be the will of God. Amen? Amen. God would have us to honor one another, to love each other, and esteem each other uh, very highly in Christ. And so we're looking to tear down these walls through, through what we do. Uh, we fund ministries, Christian ministries and congregations as they endeavor to, to be released to do what God has called them to do. In many cases, congregations have great vision and they lack resources. Woodland Hills is an exception. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, but there's always need for more of what God would provide to do more for his kingdom. But... But all congregations are not uh, blessed as, and have not experienced the release that God has blessed this congregation with. And so, 
Pastor Boyd and I have talked about, uh, uh, and, and Pastor Fenwick and, and, and Peggy and others, we've talked talking about, uh, you know, how do we help to release people in congregations so that we can be free to be what God has called us to be as a people of God. Uh, and so we're excited about doing that. We ask that you pray for our success as we, as we move forward in that. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to kind of share with you a little bit about what I do, uh, aside from preaching. But I'm here to preach. (laughs) And in my next two hours, I want to... (laughs) First, we're going to ask Sister Peggy, mobilize the prayer warriors. Hallelujah. Prayer warriors on guard. Let's go into the word of God. Um, 1 John chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. And this is the New International Version reading. And I'm going to ask you to read aloud with me. Let's read. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. See, I had more than you had. Our sermon title uh, is Knowing and Relying on God's Love. Repeat that. Knowing and Relying on God's Love. This verse, these two verses here, contain what we think is a real key for the body of Christ to begin to represent itself as the Father in heaven intends us to present ourselves. The world in our generations, I think, has not seen the church as God intends for it to see the church. And I believe it's for that very reason that we see anarchy in the world. And we see people striving and looking for other faiths and religions and ways of thinking. uh, And believing that they found a way. It's amazing how people discover a new way. It's amazing that people have discovered and believed that Islam is the way. And we know that Jesus is the way. And he said that no one's coming to the Father but by me. That's a pretty narrow way. And yet he's provided a means by which each individual can find that way and come to the Father. And as we come to the Father in that way, God blesses us in this body, this wonderful creation of His, this body of Christ, of which we're a part. We're just a little bitty, 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 bitty part, but we're a significant part. Amen? And God wants us to shine as the light of the world today. And He wants us to be set on a hill, and He wants us to be the salt of the earth. He wants the world to be preserved through what He's given through the body of Christ. And because of our dissension and because of our division, not diversity, because diversity is a wonderful thing. 
Hallelujah. I love diversity. Praise God. I don't like division. In fact, I didn't do too well in math either, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> uh, diversity is wonderful because God did that. He did it just the way he wanted it to be as far as diversity is concerned. He did, he did it. He created the world in order. And he made all of us unique and interdependent. But he did not make us to be apart, but in community. And the world is hungry for this church. The world is in need of this faith. Not a faith that we talk about, but a faith that we live. Someone said, the greatest sermon was not that which I heard, but that which I saw. I saw it when you reached down and picked up someone who had fallen and embraced them. I saw it when you met the hungry person and took them home and fed them. I saw it when you were misunderstood, but you did not fight. You prayed. I saw love. And in this passage of Scripture today, the Bible says that when we acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God, that we come to a place in God where we learn to rely on His love. Woven throughout the New Testament in particular, and John's writings in particular, in his gospel and revelation and in these epistles here, we see the theme of love poured out, poured out. It's in the Gospel of John that we hear about for God so loved the world. It's in the Gospel of John that we hear Jesus saying, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. It's in the Gospel of John that we hear uh, the words of the Lord saying that by this will men know you, that you have love for one another. It's in, it's in the epistles of John that we hear the Word of God saying that if we don't love each other, how can we say we love God? There's something about this one who was so close to Jesus, this disciple who loved the Lord, that speaks to us this morning. Because the world needs the church to come back to a faith that's grounded in the love God has for us. Not in what we can get from God. Huh? Don't you get tired? I said in the earlier service, I will issue no disclaimer for anything I say. Because I got the prayer, the prayer, the praying folk praying right now. And I believe God is speaking. But don't you tire of a gospel of what's in it for me? Don't you tire of the shallowness of that? It's about me? No, the choir reminded us this morning it's not about us, it's about Jesus. It really is about Jesus. The faith. 
that we have is not a faith that enables us to get rich, although God does give us power to get wealth for a reason. But we're not talking about that this morning. No, it's about the love God has for us. And God wants us to understand more and more and more of his love. And so he gives us his son. And he says, you have to acknowledge my son. Now this morning we want to acknowledge the son of God by looking at one of two um, descriptions of Jesus that are offered in the scriptures. Next week it will be my pleasure if God keeps us and allows us to share a follow-up message to this one today. Today's image that we look at is the Son of God as the Lamb of God. And the other image that we look at next week will be the paradoxical view of the Lamb as the Shepherd. Because Jesus said, again in the Gospel of John, I am the Good Shepherd and I care for my sheep. So here we have the Lamb of God. And we first hear of Jesus, the Lamb of God, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Glory to God. Verse 29, I think it is, somewhere there. And John the Baptist is baptizing people as he is doing week after week. And you know how people had thronged to come to hear this wild man dressed in camels What's he dressed in? These wild, leather, hairy outfits. And he's unshaven and he's probably unkempt in many ways. And he's eating honey and locusts. And this man uh, has not met uh, uh, <laughs> anybody that he uh, smiles at very long. <laughs> that he smiles at for very long. Uh, he's not esteemed very highly by a lot of people. <laughs> and yet he's attracting all these people. Isn't it amazing how God can take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise? Excuse me just a moment while I get reconnected here. Did it all by myself. John the Baptist didn't have a suit. <laughs> he didn't have a microphone. <laughs> I should get rid of the suit and the microphone. No, we'll leave this alone. <laughs> he was just being himself. John the Baptist. Why don't you people who are coming to get baptized time and time again demonstrate that you're serious about repenting? You keep coming. Time and time again, why do you keep coming? I mean, after a while, John just got tired. You know, the prophet tends to kind of say some tough things from time to time. And he says, you old snakes and vipers, who told you to come? Why don't you bring meat or fruit, meat for repentance? Why don't you bring something to demonstrate that you're tired of living the way you've lived and you're ready for a change. Why don't you change your lives if you're serious? Why do you keep coming to this river, Jordan, to get baptized over 
and over and over again. And nothing's changing in you because when I go into town, I see you still cheating people. <laughs> I see you still mistreating your children. I see you men still dishonoring your wives. Why are you coming to get baptized over and over and over and over again? He tired of the show. And yet God dealt with John the Baptist and gave him grace to continue to preach, to continue to preach. And then on this day here in the text in John there, Jesus appears. And though John has known Jesus for many years, he's known John, he's known John has known Jesus because they're related. And even before John was born into this world, hallelujah, even before Jesus rather was born into this world, and John was born into this world, there was that inter-spiritual connection. Between the two, you know the story. Mary and Elizabeth, praise God. But here, 30 years later, Jesus appears to be baptized. Here comes Jesus to be baptized. John saying, why don't you people show something? Why don't you bring something that's worthy of repentance? Why don't you bring something to show that your heart is broken? And look who shows up. <laughs> Jesus shows up. And one passage, John says, why are you coming here to be baptized? I need to be baptized by you. Why are you coming? Jesus said, no, I need to be baptized. Fulfill the, fulfill the law. That all things will be fulfilled. And when John saw Jesus, hallelujah, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Hope was restored in John's heart. His days would now be shorter in this world, but a new hope had come because he finally realized that no person who had come to be baptized prior to Jesus could bring fruit meat for repentance. None of them had anything to bring to really, really express their gratitude to God for restoring them in right relationship with himself. Nobody could fix himself. Nobody could prove his sincerity. They wanted to. But time and time again, they would be baptized and they would return to sin. They would be baptized and they would be return to sin. They would listen to the preaching and they would go back and return to sin. And they would be living a life filled with guilt and shame. And some might have given up, even trying to do better. Have you seen people in the world today who have given up on love, given up on hope, given up on order, and who are just out to get it however they can get it, to get over any way they can get over, as they say. People have given up. Thanks be to God for the victory we have in Jesus Christ, who keeps us from dying who keeps us from despairing, who keeps us from hopelessness, and who restores our faith. Hallelujah. John's hope was restored. He saw Jesus. And he saw in Jesus the price that the people, Richard, and you, and you, and you, and you, and they should have paid. 
But they could not. They could not pay it. Can you pay the price? (laughs) Can you be good enough to pay God to restore you? Can you live perfectly? Can you live without sin? (laughs) Come now. But John's hope was restored. And his mind became clear because he finally understood that people cannot get it right. There are three things we want to look at this morning about getting it right. The first one is that each of us needs the Lamb of God. The second thing is that we all need the Lamb of God. And the third thing is to just acknowledge that nobody but the Lamb of God can take away the sins of the world. In Isaiah 53, we have this wonderful passage of Scripture, verse 10, that reads, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him And cause him to suffer. Oh, what a painful thing to acknowledge. That it was the will of God. It says it was the Lord's will to crush him. (laughs) Now, in his epistle, in our text today, The apostle tells us that we must acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. Acknowledging Jesus as the Son of God means more than just taking his name. It means more than calling yourself a Christian, calling yourself a saint, calling yourself a Baptist, a Methodist, a Presbyterian, a Catholic, or Protestant, calling yourself black, white, whatever. That is not getting the job done. When it comes to redemption... It's not in those names. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And we have to acknowledge that He is the Lamb of God. We have to acknowledge that it was the will and it is the will of the Father to crush Jesus. That's painful. Can we acknowledge that? (laughs) why would it be his will to crush Jesus his son you remember the story of Abraham and Isaac God says go and offer a sacrifice and Abraham knows what that means Isaac did not understand what that meant somebody say amen Abraham goes up and he's prepared his son and he lays his son there And he has a knife and he's ready to kill his son. His son says, Father, I see the fire and the ropes and all this. (laughs) Here's the altar, here's the fire, here's this big knife. But where is the sacrifice? (laughs) Moses, I'm sorry, Abraham says, the Lord will provide. A sacrifice. 
Isaac couldn't, Abraham couldn't provide a sacrifice. Jesus is not Abraham's lamb. Abraham didn't have a lamb to be slain. God does not stop short of perfection and completion. He goes all the way. He finishes what he begins. He is able to deliver. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. We cannot fathom that it was the will of God. Tell me the truth today. We can't fathom it, but can we, can we acknowledge that it was His will to crush His Son? We cannot until we begin to reckon the value God sees in us. We can never acknowledge that God chose death for His Son until we can see ourselves as God sees us. Until we can see our individual lives as precious and priceless. That God loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. Can you acknowledge that God loves you so much, you know why it's difficult. is because we know ourselves. We know how we have fallen and stumbled. Anybody here has fallen and stumbled? We have lived in shame. Come on, talk to me this morning. Oh, praise God, He takes away the shame. He takes away the guilt. But we know what shame and guilt are, don't we? Have we forgotten? Have we been perfect so long that we forgot what it was to live in sin? It's difficult for us to deal with it. We choose to ignore it. To pretend as if we are something that we are not. (laughs) And, and, And by some act of grace, God will just say, they meant well. Do we love God enough to deal with it? Can we rely on God's love for us to go there with God? Can we allow God to have His way with us? To come and live with us? To allow His Word to come and live in us and we with Him? Can we trust God enough? God trusts us. He trusted us with the life of His Son. Before any of us were saved, Jesus died. God gave His Son, Jesus, before anybody was saved. Glory to His holy name. Because He trusted us. He believed that we would go there. That we would go to the Lamb and say, Thank you, Lamb. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because you've done what I could not do. That you would go to the Lamb and confess your sins and your faults. The second thing is that we need to 
confess that we need the Lamb in the collective sense. <laughs> Can we talk today? Black people need the Lamb of God. And guess what? White people do too. Asian folk need him. Hispanic folk need him. Native folk need him. We all, we need the Lamb of God because there are issues attendant to our own cultures, our own ethnicities, our own way of doing things. If you're in the education business, educators need the Lamb of God. If you are in government, you need the Lamb of God. If you're a parent in a household, we need the Lamb of God. My God! We need the Lamb of God. Hallelujah! Thank you for the Lamb of God. I stay there a while. I guess we can all stay there and rest in that thing. We're in the medical profession. We need the Lamb of God. Why? Because there's some things we cannot do. We have issues. If we're in the preaching business, Pastor Peggy in the pastoring business, Pastor Chuck, if we're in the pastoring business, we need the Lamb of God amongst ourselves. You see, the Lamb of God couldn't care less that you're Baptist. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> that you're a Protestant or Catholic. <laughs> he couldn't care less that you're right and they're wrong. <laughs> the Lamb of God cares that you care about Him. Not about your stuff but about His. Not about what we can get, but what we can give. Because He's already given everything. It's finished, He said on the cross. He said, I've got it all right here. I've got it all right here. I've got it all in my hand. I've got the power of heaven and earth in my hand. I've got it all. You can't get it till you come to the Lamb of God. I would pray that you would read this 53rd chapter of Isaiah because in there is this issue of iniquity that's raised up. He takes away our iniquities. Sins and iniquities. Read this. He says, We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Each of us has sinned. And although our sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus and by his blood and the price he's paid, do you know there are consequences to sin? Do you know? That if you throw a pebble in that pond, there will be ripples. You can stay back there and say, in the name of Jesus, there won't be no ripples. In the name of Jesus, there won't be no ripples. Guess what? There are going to be some ripples. 
You can stand back and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm cleansed. I don't, I don't do that sin anymore. I don't do that. That thing has no power over me. It may not have any power over you, but the fact that you have sinned and lived in that sin has created things around you that have to be acknowledged and dealt with. It, it's called iniquity. Iniquity in the, in the, in the original Hebrew language here is, is a pervert, is, means perverse or a perversion of a way. Disorder. Sin creates a culture of disorder. And though our sins are forgiven, Jesus wants us to confess our iniquities so they may be forgiven. I pray you hear this. You need Jesus and I need him as an individual. But we need him. As a people. Because the way we have treated each other, ignored each other, marginalized each other. Can we talk this morning? We're all grown-ups in here. Has established a culture that on a Sunday morning, we got a black church and a white church in America. Even in St. Paul. But God knows no such animal. We got to get it right. We have to understand there's a reason that things are as they are. We have to understand that there is the law of sowing and reaping. But there is also Praise God. Divine intervention. Because John the Baptist will stand at the brink of Jordan and look at the people behind him coming to be baptized. And he despairs in his spirit because he realizes that there's no magic in the water. (laughs) There's no solution in the water. It's not about the water. But it is about Jesus, the Lamb of God. Who died to fix it? Because we can't fix it. But he can't fix it if we don't let him fix it. He took the sins of the world. But the world cannot be saved in mass. Only people who will take responsibility and say, I need Jesus and my house needs Jesus. We're going to break this culture. We're going to do something about it. We're going to go to the Lord and we're going to talk to the Lord about what's happening in our family, what's happening in our congregations. How is it that black folk can hate white folk in the body of Christ? It cannot be. And vice versa. Can we just talk? Because that is the point of acknowledging Jesus, the Lamb of God, is the Son of God. And He has come to take away our sins and iniquities. But He cannot until we give them to Him. The question today is, can we give Him our sins?
Can we step out of our shame and our guilt and say, Lord, here I am? Can we, who have responsibility for classrooms and households and businesses and congregations, can we go to the Lamb and say, I give you myself as a leader? I can't get this thing right. But I give it to you. I give you myself and I give you all that I have. Lord, get it right. How many believe God can get it right? Amen. Our third point is that only He can get it right. Only Jesus can get it right. He is the Lamb of God. There will be no other Lamb of God. There will be no other Savior. There will be no other Messiah. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who came into this world, hallelujah, as a suffering, suffering servant, but returns, hallelujah, as a conquering king. There is no other name given unto man whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was slain before the foundations of the world. I live in Him and I move in Him and I have my being in Jesus. Crucified with Christ. But the truth is, sometimes I'm crucified, sometimes I'm not. truth is I'm partially crucified our congregations are partially crucified but we can go there because we know we can't get it right but we need not despair of hope because our faith, finally, beloved, is not in what we can do. Faith is not in what the pastor can do, or what the board can do, or what we can do collectively. The faith is not in what the President of the United States can do, or the Prime Ministers of nations of the world can do collectively. No. Solution is in what God has done already in His Son, Jesus Christ. Can we acknowledge that there's no other way? Can we just acknowledge that it's about Jesus and it's not about what I think, how I feel about it, my opinion about it? It's just about Jesus and it's about His love. It's about His love. It's about His love. It is about His love. God chose to crush Jesus because it is about love. Because He wanted us to know that He loves us so much that minds cannot conceive it. It's hard for a heart to receive the love of God. But this morning, beloved, in the epistle, the Lord God calls us to be in Him. To be one with Him. For us to be one with Him. And to do that, we must come out of ourselves. We must lay down the guilt. We must lay down our failures. We may lay, must lay down our shame. We must lay down our frustrations and, 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 and our reasoning and our rationalizations for our condition 
and we must say to the Lord, 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 I tried. You know I tried. But God, I give it to you. Have your way, Lord God. Work a miracle. Have faith in God. Faith in God moves mountains. Faith in the love God has for us will change our lives. It will change our communities and our nation. It will change the world. Because Jesus willingly became the Lamb. The Bible says God raised Him up to the heights of heaven and gave Him a name that is above every other name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah by faith in Jesus. We can transform our lives and and our nation. By faith in Jesus, we can overcome. Satan would have us to see defeat. But faith says we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Satan would have us to resign to sickness and defeat. But faith in the love God has for us says by His stripes we are healed. Satan would have us to despair of hope. But faith in the love God has for us says I can do All things through Christ who strengthens me because He's already fought and won the battle in my behalf. He died for me. Oh, glory to His name. Glory to the name of the Lamb of God. John saw Him. At the Jordan. But one day all the saints are going to see the Lamb in glory. It may not be long. Before we behold His glory. Hallelujah. In glory. We behold His glory in glory. That's a good thing. I'm looking for that. I believe the Lord would have us this morning. To acknowledge His love. Maybe that will call you to do something differently in life. Maybe you have never received Jesus as your personal Savior. You know, that first thing is that we have to receive the Lamb of God for our own sins. We couldn't pay the price, yet there is a price required. But when payment is made, it's final, it's complete, it's sufficient. The hymn writer said, Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Maybe you're here this morning and you are in the body. And your salvation is secure. But you have struggled with this notion of how can we become community. The Lord would have you to be free of that striving. He would have us to be free of striving. To do what we cannot do. But we will return to the Lord. And rely on the love He has for us. Know that we can take to the Lord our deepest concerns, our biggest issues. And we can give it to the Lord. We can trust God to work through us to bring victory. And we can wait on the victory in the name of the Lord. God wants you to be released into that faith today. I want you to stand with me right now.
in this room look around the room at someone next to you can you just look to, look to the Lord now you've, you've gazed upon your neighbor can you look to the Lord just look to the Lord in your spirit look to the Lord in your spirit look to the Lord and the spirit asks you this question as you looked at your neighbor what did you see what did you feel can you acknowledge that this morning is there real love he says they're going to know that you're my disciples because of your love for one another look to the Lord you can be released today I need to be released today is there anyone else in this room who needs to be released to know and rely on the love God has for us just lift your hand where you are you want God to do this in your life hallelujah father we thank you today for the Lamb of God. And we know the words can never express gratitude for the price that He paid. We pray to Lord God. We pray that You will grant us grace, Lord, to spend some time to talk with You, Lord, about what You did in Your Son, Jesus. In just a few weeks, Lord, we come to that point of celebrating His resurrection. We go to Gethsemane, to Calvary, and we come to an empty tomb, Lord, but oh God, what a story it is to consider the price you paid for the victory that we celebrate on that resurrection day. Oh God, would you touch us in this season that we will be drawn closer, Lord God, in our relationship with you. And Lord, may we draw closer in our relationship with our neighbors doesn't matter, Lord, how they look, what they wear, what language they speak. Give us a grace, Lord, that will help us to draw closer to each, to each other. Do it, O oh God, I pray. There's some, Lord, in this room who have lifted their hands, Lord, because they're feeling a desperation, Lord, and a hunger. And I ask you right now to satisfy their deep longing in the name of Jesus. We speak release to you in the name of Jesus. We speak release in this place that the Spirit of God will work a work in our lives. We speak a word of salvation. Father, we confess that we're sinners and we confess that Jesus is able to bear our sins. And right now, Lord God, we ask you to move upon our hearts that if there are any in this room, Lord, who have not yet professed Jesus as Savior, let them do so today. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, grant us this grace. Lift up the bowed down heads of those who are discouraged. And those who have despaired, Lord, and who have felt that it's hopeless. Let hope be restored today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, if you're here today and you want to know more about the Woodland Hills congregation, 
The ministry leaders are in the rear of the sanctuary and are happy to give you a wonderful tape with information and some other materials. All of the first-time visitors have, are asked to also stop back and pick up some information the congregation wishes to share with you. I'd like for the prayer team to come, and if you're here this morning and you believe that the Lord would have you to come this morning for someone to touch and agree in prayer with you, we want you to come at this time. We're released in the name of Jesus to go into a dying world and let them know that Jesus lives and we'll prove it because he will live in us.